We praise God for all the wonderful things going on in the house of God. If you have your Bibles, though, go with me to Exodus, Exodus uh, chapter 14, and we're going to pick up in verse 10. Exodus uh, chapter 14, and we're going to pick up in verse 10. Hallelujah. Anybody love the Word? Oh, we love the Word at Kingdom. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 and 11 that when His Word goes out, it will not return back void. Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 14, let's look at verse 10. It says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so that they were very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there, there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that, that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than, than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today... You shall see again no more forever. <clears throat> and then verse 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. How many of you believe the Lord will fight for you? <clears throat> he will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Thank you for moving even during time of worship. Now, God, speak to us through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, won't he do it? Today, my message is called, won't he do it, part two. I believe that at the end of the day, God wants us to experience won't he do it moments. I'm talking where God does something that's unusual, that does not make sense that make you scratch your head. Even some of us in this building, when you really look at your life, you are a won't he do it moment. You're living in your won't he do it moment. Because you know how crazy you used to be. Can I get a witness? Some of us was, come on, stuck on stupid. Can I get a witness? And, and, and parked on dumb. And what God has done in your life is supernatural, amen? And God is still doing the supernatural. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But look at this, um, look at verse uh, 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 14, uh, uh, it says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. But it says, the Lord will fight for you because look at this, he had to say this because look what happens in, in verse, uh, uh, the latter part of verse 12, it says, for it would have been better for us to just serve the Egyptians than it, then that we should die in the wilderness. How many of you know you will not die in your wilderness? The word wilderness means to be in a dry and desolate place. And, and all of us have been in, in our own personal wilderness where you've been in a, a it, it's been desolate, it's, it's been dry. But I've learned this over the years. God never takes you from Egypt to the promised land. 
because he wants you to be able to appreciate the promised land. That's why sometimes God will put you smack dab in the wilderness. He will put you in a dry and desolate place. Ask Joseph. Ask Job. Come on. And the list goes on. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Ask Daniel. I've learned over the years that God just doesn't just hand stuff out overnight, that sometimes you got to go through what I call a process. Sometimes you got to respect the process, but you got to come to the conclusion that I will not die in my dry place. I will not die in my desolate place. Yeah, I might be going through a setback even right now, but it's temporary, and my situation is subject to change because I know I'm coming out of this because God got to bring me out to bring me in. How many believers do I have in the house? So that's how God works. He has to bring you out to bring you in. He already said in Hebrews 13 and 5, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you, which means he's saying I will not abandon you. I'm not going to desert you. I got you every step of the way. Amen? You're coming out of this dark season. Come on, somebody. So look at this real quick. Uh, he, he says, uh, again, in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you because he had to say that because here it is in verse 12 they're like we might as well go on back to Egypt because we might probably gonna die while we in transition we're getting ready to flatline but he tells them listen God will fight the Lord will fight for you my first point that in order for you to experience a won't he do it moment is you have to know that God is fighting on your behalf do I have anybody at the 930 service that you know that you know that you know that you know that God is fighting for you? And last time I checked, he's still undefeated. Last time I checked, he still hasn't lost any battles. Last time I checked, he's still that dude. Come on, somebody. Last time I checked, he sits high and looks low. Last time I checked, he's still king of kings, lord of lords. Come on, he's still alpha. He's still omega. He, he's still the beginning. He, he's still the end. He, he's still our bridge over troubled waters. Come on, he's still a lamp unto our feet and a, a, a light unto our path. Come on, he's still Jehovah Shalom, which means he's a God that is there. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's my peace. Somebody need to give God a hand praise in this place. He's a God that changes not. For he said, if I be for you, who can be against you? Somebody need to give God a hand praise one more time in this place. Look at your name and say, he got this. He got this. Oh, he got this. Whatever you going through, he got it. He said, matter of fact, you need to just get out of the way and let me fight your battle. You don't even have the strength, nor do you have the power to even fight. I, I got you. He said, listen, I'm going to fight for you. I know the Egyptians are coming after you. But he said, the Lord will fight for you. Somebody say you, you. I'm talking about you. He will fight for you. Come on, you are his offspring. I got any fathers in the house. You will fight for your kids. Just like our heavenly father will fight for us. Somebody, somebody messing with your kids, you will lose your salvation. <laughs> Can I get a witness up in here? Come on, you will go plumb crazy and ask questions later. Because fathers have been called to do two things, provide and protect. 
I'm going to protect what God has given me. That's how our Heavenly Father thinks. He's like, I created you. Why would I not protect you? Why would I not fight for you? That's why Isaiah 54 and 17 says no weapon formed. Even though weapons have been formed against you, it will not prosper. It will not succeed. Why? Because God is advocating for you. He is fighting for you. He will only allow the enemy to come so far in your life. Amen? So number one, in order for you to experience that moment, that won't he do it moment, is that you have to know that God is fighting for you, even when it doesn't even seem like he's fighting. When it even seems like you're losing leverage, you got to know that God is fighting for you. He fought for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why wouldn't he fight for you? He fought for Daniel when he was in the lion's den. Why would he not fight for you? Come on, he, he, he fought for, for David in the middle of, of meeting a, 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 a warrior by the name of Goliath, come on, who was kicking butt and taking names from his youth. And they're going to try to dumb down David and say, you're only a youth. And God fought for him because he even let it be known. You come to me with a javelin, a sword, and a spear. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hosts meaning the God of the universe has got my back. And with him and a stone, I got this. Sometimes you got to do the natural so God can do the super. Super trying to hook up with natural. Amen. How a rock put a man on his back. Come on, somebody. Momentum with that slingshot. Had five rocks and only needed one. Come on, somebody. Uh-huh. You'll be surprised what God will do if you just let him fight for you. So we see here in verse uh, 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 14, the Lord will fight for you. The word fight means that he will confront the enemy on your behalf. It means that he will challenge the enemy on your behalf, that he will oppose the enemy on your behalf. I like this. The word fight also means that he will tussle with the enemy for you. Amen. Put up Isaiah uh, 59 and, and, and 19 real quick. Look at this real quick. It says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy comes in like a flood. Now, isn't it interesting? It says when. It didn't say if. It says when. Somebody say when. When means that it's going down. If you don't like it or not. Because I believe that God ultimately will allow the enemy to come in. So when you come out on the other side, you would have an appreciation for God, amen? Because you don't want to just go through life and not have a little tussle here and there. You got to go through some opposition. You got to go through some, some, some turbulence, if you will. The Bible says in this world, you will have tribulation, amen? Even Psalm 34 and 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. So you're going to go through uh, times of affliction, but you got to know that while you're going through your season of affliction, that God is still fighting for you. Now go, go, go back to this. It's, there it is. But look at this. It says, uh, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, it didn't just say a puddle or it's going to sprinkle. Come on, somebody. It says a flood. Come on, somebody. Now you even know when there's floods, even in our society, they even put that on TV. You get that amber alert. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen. Isn't it a blessing that when we find ourselves between a rock and a, and a hard place, he gives us an alert? 
And he tells us, but I got you. Just let me fight for you. I got this. I got you. You're blessed going in. You're blessed going out. Above only the beneath, the head, not the tail. He tells us all that stuff. So that's part of the reason why we didn't panic. That's part of the reason why we didn't flatline. That's part of the reason why we didn't miscarry our destiny. So it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit, how many know the spirit of God has got your back? The spirit is there aiding you, uh, uh, assisting you, amen? So it says, uh, 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 the spirit of the Lord will lift up a, a, a standard against him, against him. So the spirit is like, that's enough. Remember Jesus spoke to that storm. He was asleep and the disciples on the boat freaking out. Wake him up because he's sleeping through the storm. See, we got to learn how to go to sleep. Sometimes you just got to rest in God and just whistle and smile and be like, Lord, I thank you that you got this. You said in Romans 8.31 that if you be for me, who can be against me? Lord, I know I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. So I'm not even going to panic. I'm going to go to sleep. Me walking the floor is not going to solve anything anyway. I'm going to let you just fight on my behalf. And then, but I love that. He said the spirit will lift up a standard. Back to Jesus. Remember what he said to the storm? He said, peace, be still. In other words, what he was saying was stop. That's enough. See, you got to learn how to open up your mouth and speak to your storm. Speak to your situation. Come on. Proverbs 18 and 21 says death and life. It's in the power of your tongue. You can speak death to stuff. You can speak. Well, pastor, you don't understand. It seems like cancer's always hitting our family. Somebody needs to open up their mouth and begin to speak death to that spirit and tell that spirit, stop. That's enough. Pastor, you don't understand. Every time we turn around, somebody in our family getting pregnant and ain't even married. Somebody needs to stand up, stand tall in the spirit and be like, stop. That's enough. You're going to get married, then you're going to have children. It's time for us to begin to break generational curses and begin to speak to that stuff. Somebody in this building need to give God a praise. Somebody scream, won't he do it? I serve a God that I know he fights for me. He fights for me. I ain't got to fight nobody. The Bible says vengeance is the Lord's. He said, I repay. In other words, don't you fight them. He said, because you can only do so much. Let me fight them. I'm going to get them. Because they messing with you, I'm going to get them. That's how God think. Y'all like, Pastor, God think like that. Yeah. You read Psalm 105, verse 15. It says, touch not my anointing. Look at your neighbor and say, you sitting next to God's anointed. If you don't know nothing else, you better know that you have been anointed, appointed, and you have been approved by God. You are God's man. You are God's woman. You, you better hear what I'm saying. On, you better know who you are and, and whose you are. The word of God says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, that you were created in God's image and his likeness. Do I have anybody in the building that knows who they are? Somebody that knows who they are, you need to give God a praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, ain't no confusion here. Ain't no confusion here. I know who I am. I was created in his image. I, I was created in his uh, likeness to be like him. Matter of fact, he downloaded his nature. 
on the inside of me. That's why I can halfway act like I got some sense. Because he in me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so at the end of the day, he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to fight for you. I got you. We got to know he's fighting for us. He's fighting. When you look back over the course of your life, you know he was fighting for you. All the odds were against you. People wrote you off. Oh, but he kept fighting for you. Even to the point to where he's avenged you. Some of them people have had to come back and acknowledge that God is on you. They'd be like, it got to be God because you was crazy. It had to be God because you ain't had no sense. You couldn't even read. Come on, somebody. <laughs> In and out of jail. Come on, somebody. Just a victim. Come on, somebody. Oh, but you beat the odds. Why? Because God was fighting for you. I know God is fighting for me. That's why I can go to sleep at night. I don't struggle with anxiety and all that stuff. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to rest in the promises of God. Come on, somebody. Even God created the earth and rested on the seventh day. So if he had to rest, come on, somebody. That means we need to go to sleep. Chillax. Come on, somebody. And know he is fighting for you. Can I get a witness up in here? Stop tripping. Come on. You are not going to die in your wilderness. You are not going to die in your dry place. Come on, somebody. I believe dry places are necessary. You know, it's interesting because sometimes people want stuff, just hand it to them, don't want to go through nothing. And remember, I quoted Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I love football. Y'all know I'm, I'm, I, that's my favorite sport. But I love what they, over the last probably decade or so, probably a little longer, what they've done. They've created this thing called yards after contact. Because it's easy, come on, I got any football fans in the house, it's easy for people to score a touchdown when nobody's chasing them. Come on, somebody. We, we don't even want to see you do a victory dance. Because you ain't even been through nothing. But they have a thing called uh, yards after contact. Come here for a minute, uh, Minister Greg, Minister George, Minister Hank, come here for just a minute. This is what, for those of you that don't know what con yards after contact are, this is what happens when a running back who's behind the quarterback, when he gets the ball, he comes, look, face me, face me. He, he, he goes, bam, he's got the ball. He rolls off, that's, con that's yards after contact, bam. That's yards after contact, and then, bam, he sees that end zone, that's all he's focused on, but then he scores after contact. Go ahead, you can be seated. I believe that's how it is in the spirit. You're going to get your victory, but it's going to be yards after contact. You hear what I'm saying? In other words, you're going to go through some opposition. You're going to go through some challenges. But you got to see yourself getting into that spiritual end zone. You got to see yourself doing a victory dance. You got to see yourself doing the Holy Ghost dance. Saying if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I would have flatlined. I would have crashed and burned. But look at what the Lord has done because he is fighting for me. Do I have anybody at the 930 service that you know that you know that God is fighting for you? Somebody give God a hand praise. One more time. High five your neighbor and say, he's fighting for you. He's fighting for you. Look at somebody and say, he's fighting for you. He's fighting for you. Hallelujah. He's fighting for you. It's all about them yards after contact. Even when we watching the game, we like that kind of stuff. We like rough stuff. We like big hits. Come on. 
You know what I'm saying? And then when you see somebody come out of a big hit, you'd be like, oh, my God. Did you see that? Did you see that? Them yards after contact? Did you see after they just went through all that turbulence? Did you see what Job just went through? He lost everything and he still said, though you slay me, yet will I trust. Lord, I thank you. He said, I know you're going to vindicate me even though my friends are wondering what's going on. And the Bible says in Job 42 and 10 that God gave him twice as much. God gave him twice as much. God will give you double for your trouble. If you receive that, somebody need to give God a hand praise. Double, 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 double. Double for your trouble. Mm-hmm. Put that up. Put up, put up Job 13, 15. Job, stay right there. And the Lord restored. See, God will restore some stuff that you've lost. Job had to just give everything over to the Lord. Said, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. I done lost everything. But Lord, thank you for giving me twice. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Did a, indeed, the, the Lord gave Job twice, twice. Somebody say twice. See, if you've been through some opposition, you get ready for twice. Those of you that have been through some challenges, get ready for twice. Some of you that have been through hell and back, you better get ready for twice. I got to use you for an example, Brian, again, my, my, our security, Brian. Him, we laid hands on him and his wife five years ago because they couldn't have children. Well, yesterday they had the baby shower. They having twins. Uh-huh. Twice. Went through some hell. But twice. Went through some challenges, but twice. Somebody screamed twice. I know what the Lord can do. Matter of fact, my wife prophesied and said, y'all going to have three. And that was five years ago. I was like, Jesus, we're just trying to get one. But you know how you women, y'all get emotional. You're going to have three. <laughs> but I don't think she was prophesying. Come on, somebody. She was prophesying. Because I believe after the two, one more coming. Come on, so that means God ain't done yet. Look at your neighbor and say, God ain't done yet. See, where you might be at a place right now where you like maybe like, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I got a word for you this morning. God ain't done. Somebody scream yet. I dare you to have a yet praise on the a yet worship. God, God will begin to fight on your behalf. Somebody need to give God a shout. My God, my God. Somebody scream, he's fighting for me. Come on and give God a hand praise one more time in this place. He's fighting for me. He's fighting for me. Uh-huh. Gave him twice. Then he said in Job 13, 15, though you slayed me, though you've allowed me to go through this turbulence, he said, yet, ah, don't lose your yet, because he ain't done yet. Look at though you slayed me, yet, 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 will I trust him? Oh, you got to learn how to trust him. 
rely on him, depend on him. He's fighting for you. And then because of time, look at this. Look at this. It says in verse uh, 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 14, the, the Lord will fight for you. Uh, you shall hold your peace. Hold your peace. Hold your peace. You want God to do, you want to experience a won't he do a moment, you got to hold your peace. You got to low, he's fighting for you. Then you got to hold your, he said, listen, I'm fighting for you. Hold your peace. Hold up. I got you. Now I just need you. I put up Isaiah 26 and, 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 and 3. It says, I'll keep you. I'll, how many know he'll keep you? He's kept you this far. Look at this. He says you will keep him in perfect, not just peace, but perfect peace. But this is the condition. Who's mine? It stayed on you because he trusteth in you. In order for you to have perfect peace, you got to stay locked into God. You can't lock into anxiety. You can't lock into that fear. You can't lock into what's currently happening right now. I, I, like I always say, if you say it, you will see it. Come on, somebody. But that can be in the negative or the positive. So hold your peace. He says, I'm going to give you perfect peace. Who's mine? It stayed on me. That was the problem with the disciples when they ran Jesus in the boat when he was asleep during the storm. See, they, 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 they had it all twisted. They had the same power. And the Bible's very specific. It says in Romans 8, 11, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that that power lives in me and you. So even why, sometimes why are we even waiting on God? When he says, I've delegated my authority to you, you can speak to that mountain. You can speak to that obstacle in your life. You can speak to that chaos. You can tell the devil, stop. That's enough. Get up off of my teenager. Stop. That's enough. You can't have my child. Stop. Pastor, you don't understand. My child is on drugs right now. I dare you to begin to open up your mouth and begin to decree some things. The Bible says if you decree a thing, it shall be established. If God has raised you up, what makes you think he won't raise them up out of their condition? That he won't raise them up out of their predicament? If you know God is in the business of raising things up, somebody give God a praise one more time. Look at your name and say, hold your peace. Hold your peace. Put up Philippians 4 and 7. So Isaiah 26 and 3, he said, I'll keep you in perfect peace. But look at this. I love Philippians. Uh, put up verse 6, actually. Look at verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. So we got to stop being anxious. We got to hold our peace. Then it says, be, be anxious for nothing but, but, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let, let, let your request be made known to God. Now, this is the thing. When you put your request before the Lord, it might not manifest that day. You might have to hold your peace. But know this, the request is going to happen. Because delayed does not mean denied. Because if you say it, you will see it. Mm-hmm. Look at next, now look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard. See, peace is a guard. Peace will guard you from anxiety. See, peace will guard you from fear. 
peace will guard you that when chaos is manifested in your life, you'll be like, you know what? A thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand. I'm going to hold to my peace because I know that the stuff that's coming, that it will not prosper. It will not succeed in my life because peace is guarding me. I haven't had the baby yet, but peace is guarding me. I haven't, the, the, the business hasn't really manifested like I thought it would, but I got peace. I'm not going to flatline. I'm going to respect the process because I know this too shall pass. And Zechariah 4.10 says to not despise the day of small beginnings. Also, I'm just going to be still and know that you're God. Even, so we see Isaiah 26.3, I'm going to keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Then he tells us in Philippians 4.7, I'm going to give you peace that surpasseth. All understanding that peace will guard. One translation says that that peace will keep you. When you really should have had a nervous breakdown. Job should have had a nervous breakdown. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego should have had a nervous breakdown. Come on, they threw Daniel in with some lions. And he didn't have a nervous breakdown. Even told the king, he said that, 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 that he told the king that God had the angels shut their mouth. But you realize that God will have angels shut people's mouth when it comes to you. I ain't heard nobody throw us under the bus in a while. I'm a little disappointed. But see, when you've gotten bigger and better without certain people, what can they say? See, that's what's going to happen to you. See, you get bigger and better, it silences your critics. But I do need a critic or two because the Bible says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. So you need somebody to throw you under the bus. My daughter had a shirt years ago. It's called, you're a nobody until you've been talked about. So if you ain't kicking up no dust, you, that, you ain't doing nothing. Nobody ain't talking about you. You need somebody talking about you. That means you're on the right path because they talked about Jesus. Can I get a witness up in here? Come on. They talked about David, told him what he couldn't do. Come on, somebody. They talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they said, not only is our God able, but he will. Mm-hmm. Put up one more peace scripture. Put up Galatians 5 and 22. This is so vital that you have to hold your peace. If you want to experience a won't he do it moment, you got to hold to your peace. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. I love how it comes out the gate with love. We got to be loving people. If you ever want to see where you are spiritually, let's see where your love walk is. Mm-hmm. Because these nine, we should be possessing these nine spirits, these, these fruit of the spirit. And if we don't, we need to cry out to God. Lord, help, help me because I hate people. No, you need, you need Jesus. Lord, you better be like, Lord, clothe me with love. Jeremiah 31 and 3 even says, by love and kindness, people are drawn. And see, even at this church, they better feel the love from the parking lot to the foyer to the pew to the pulpit. If love is not in this house, things will begin to plateau. So I'm grateful that there's love in the house. And then, and then, and then, and then, P, our joy. The word of God is very specific. It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. A lot of times your strength is connected to your joy. So if you're walking around here with your head down all the time, that's why you ain't got no strength. Because you ain't got no joy. Because your strength is connected to your joy. Let me put that up. Where is that at? In uh, Nehemiah 8.10 or 10.8. Look at that real quick. There it is right there. For this day, 
uh, do not sorrow, or, 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 uh, for, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You better be like, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, even though I'm going through hell, even though I got storms all around me. Oh, yeah, but this is the day. I'm not going to lose my joy because then that means my strength is going to go out the window. The devil is a lie. And then the next one is what? Peace. We talk about he's Jehovah Shalom. He's our peace. Nothing missing, nothing missing, nothing, nothing broken. So let's make sure, people of God, that we tap into God's peace. I love that because look at this. Look at this one more time. Look at this. Uh, uh, Exodus uh, uh, 14 and, 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 and look at uh, uh, 15. And, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? In other words, what's wrong? Why are you being a crybaby? Moses, come on. Your name in the Hebrew means drawn out. When you look up Moses' name in the Hebrew, it means drawn out. Because if you do research on his life, he was drawn out of the river. And I believe all of us have Moses-like characteristics because God has drawn all of us out of something. Can I get a witness up in here? Come on, some of us was promiscuous and he... Some of us was druggies. Come on, some of us had anger and, and, and frustrating uh, issues and he... Stuff that used to cause you to drown, he drew you out. Again, that's what Moses' name, it means to be drawn out. So here he is, he's crying, but then God told him, look at this, look at this again. Look at this text. But he said, and the Lord said, well, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. In other words, let them know that going back is not an option. Because remember, they were like, when they were in their wilderness, they were like, you brought us out here to die. And we might as well go back to the Egyptians. And they were convincing themselves that it wasn't that bad. These are the people that were beating them on the consistent. So you wanted to go back and be enslaved. You wanted to be under another man's thumb. Interesting, because I have friends that have gotten out of jail, and they've gone back, and they told me, they said, Reggie, I actually like jail better than out here. I said, you got to help me out. Give me a revelation. Because I've been to jail several times and didn't like it. Come on. And they had to tell me, I got a bed. I got running water. I got three meals a day. I don't have to worry about no bills. So in other words, you're telling me that you feel relieved. Because, I mean, you know, there's a... a there's a relief in quitting. Because those of us that know we got some stuff, we had to fight for that stuff. Can I get a witness up in here? We had to grind for what we had. We had to pay some dues. Come on. Had to roll up your sleeves. That's why sometimes we need to be cautious who we sow into. I'll be like, wait a minute, I didn't work for mine. You want me to give you what? I got to get a revelation from heaven. I didn't work for mine. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen. I'm going to give you something, but I can't give you everything. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen. I was born that night, but not last night. Come on, somebody. Amen. But look at this. It says, why do you cry? Tell, tell the children of Israel to go forward. That's my third point. You want to experience a won't he do it moment in your life, you got to keep going forward. The word forward means you got to go ahead. You got to be onward. I like this, progressive. I like this, advancing. The minute Abraham listened to God when he said, I need you to leave Ur the Chaldeans, 
And I'm going to take you to a land that I'll show you. The Bible says that he departed. It didn't say he started interceding and praying and crying out to God. No, the Bible says he departed. He left what was familiar. He left what was safe. Because I believe part of the reason why God did that moment in his life, he experienced a won't he do it moment for real. And you can read that in Genesis 13 and 2. Because Genesis 12, he left everything, but one chapter later, he was rich. Because he made a decision to go forward. If you don't have a go forward mentality, you will mess around here and miss your season. I've watched people that have missed their season. God wanted to do something, but Galatians 6 and 9 says, don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, somebody say due season, it says you will reap if you faint not. Which lets me know there's a potential that you can miss your God destiny. Because for one reason or another, you forgot that God was fighting for you. You made up in your mind, I don't know about holding on to this peace because all this chaos is just out of control. And then you miss what God has for you. Oh, don't miss what God has for you. Don't abort what's on the inside of you. People have asked me, because, you know, I grew up in church where they would say stupid stuff like, God going to do in you what he want to do. No, he ain't. Not if you don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You've been given a free will. You can leave here today and go rob a bank and go do 75 years. You feeling me? All this God going to do in you what he want to do. Let's ask Samson. Samson wasn't supposed to go out like that. But because Samson never found rest in God, he found rest in women. Oh, come on, somebody. And then she said, where your strength? Did you hear what I said? And this brother went to bed with dreadlocks and woke up with a cobatus. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Y'all probably ain't heard the word cobatus in... 25 years they call it a fade now they call it the number one this brother woke up with no strength and she got broke off financially and she stepped back what's the first thing they did they gouged out his eyes because they even know a man without a vision will perish mm-mm-mm-mm-mm Miss what God wanted to do. Saul, the people begged for a king. God gave them just what they wanted. A king after the flesh named Saul. Saul would not do all that God told him to do. And finally God said, I repent. Matter of fact, I reject Saul and making him king. Now that's deep when God repent for putting you in a position and he take you out of it. And then he told Samuel, get some oil. And go to Jesse's house. I got another king that's going to do all my will. Somebody that's not going to be perfect, but he's going to give a perfect effort. Amen. Now, isn't it interesting, you know, that here it is, Saul, he just lacked follow through. He lacked doing certain things that God told him to do. Like when God said, kill everybody, he left the king alive and some animals. That's when God was like, I'm done with you. But then David goes and sees Bathsheba has an affair with her, get her pregnant, have her husband brought back and want her to go, him to go have sex so he can cover up his sin. He was going to have Uriah walk around with little June, David Jr. 
But then he got, read the Bible, he got Uriah drunk, and Uriah still wouldn't go sleep with his wife that was pregnant by David. This is young and restless on steroids. This is all my children, come on. This is General Hospital on steroids. Can I get a witness up in here? And the minute that Uriah still didn't go sleep with his wife Bathsheba because he wanted to be back at war with his men, they, he, David was told his people, put him in the heat of the battle. Now me, I'm like, you kill one man for disobedience, but then you leave a man alive, that's an adulteress and a murderer. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. His ways aren't our ways. Isn't it interesting that you know some people that was, you were worse than them and they dead and you still alive? I believe because God preferred you. That's why he preserved you for such a time as this. He knew one day you was going to get your life in alignment that you would begin to entertain his ways and, and entertain his thoughts. Come on, somebody. That's why he told David, or David didn't go to sleep until he impacted his generation. That's in Acts, I believe, 13, 36. It says that by the will of God, he served his own generation. Then he went to sleep. In other words, he left an imprint in people's lives. Wasn't perfect, but he was somebody that gave a perfect effort and God did some mighty things through him. But my point bringing that all up is that if you don't hold to your peace, you can miss what God has for you. Hold on to God's peace. peace that, and, then, and then my third point was you got to keep going forward. Looking back is not an option. Put up Philippians 3.13. We're almost done. Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 13. It says, brother, and I do not count myself uh, to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting those things which are behind me, and, and I'm reaching forward. You have to leave your history if you want to fulfill your destiny. Straight up. And it's sad because the children of Israel wanted to go back to their history. They began to try to convince one another that it wasn't that bad after all. And Moses then brought us out here in the wilderness to die. No, they didn't respect the process. They wanted to go from Egypt to the promised land. They wanted yards without contact. I'm going to say that one more time. They wanted yards without contact. Uh-huh. See, at the end of the day, in this life, the Bible says you will have tribulation. It's all about getting them yards after contact. I want to really see what you're made for. That's why I like to see people go through trials. Really, Pastor? You like, put up Philippians 4. I'm sorry, uh, what is it? Uh, 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 what is it? Uh, 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 yeah, I think it's in Philippians 4.12. Put that up real quick. I believe that's what it is. Let's look at this real quick. It says, I, 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 I know how to, to be a base, and I know how uh, 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 to be a bow. What Paul was saying was with and without. He says, everywhere in all these things, I've learned to be full and be hard, both to abound and to suffer. He was like, sometimes you got to be okay with suffering. You got to be okay that maybe today you can't go to Red Lobster after church. Sometimes we got to be okay that I'm balling on a budget right now. I'm going to go home and eat this ham sandwich. Come on, somebody. Because I know due season. Come on, some. As long as I don't grow weary. I know that I'm going from Motel 6 to the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> and, then, and then see, now, now put up the next verse. This is scripture we always quote. Look at this. Then we are, I can do all things through Christ. 
but we should read the scripture before, and we just did. Abound or abase. In other words, Paul was saying, with or without, I'm still going to serve God. Abound or abase, I'm going forward. I'm not looking back. I am not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to what was familiar and safe. Because it seemed like in life when we hit a wall, we want to go back to what was familiar, what was safe. No, we got to keep going forward. We're going forward. Listen, I am not going back to a swap meet. I already passed that test. I'm not going back and preaching in cafeterias. I've already passed that test. Why? I'm not going back. That's not an arrogant statement. I'm just saying, I'm not going back. I've already passed that test. Come on, you in this building, some of y'all, y'all passed the test of eating onion and garlic. Who wants to go back to that season? Who wants to go and revisit that? How many know the devil is a lie? You got to keep going forward. You tell yourself, I already passed that test. I ain't going back to driving hoopties. Been there, done that. I had a B2 Dotson uh, 1978 when I graduated from high school in 1991. Add the years up. I'm a 91 driving a 78. I passed that test. <laughs> Come on. And some of y'all laugh because y'all thinking some of the tests you pass. And you ain't just like you, you was already with Bozo. You are not, you're not going back to revisit Bozo the Clown. You're going, this time I'm waiting for a Boaz. Not broke ass. Oh, he, look at what they say, he preaching now. Oh, he preaching now. You already done dated Mickey Mouse. Come on, somebody. I'm waiting for Hercules. Come on, somebody. Got some money and some... Some good credit. Lord Jesus. I had to fix that. I had to fix that. Look at this. He fixed it. He fixed it. He fixed it. He, he fixed it. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I'm going to start World War III up with this joker. <laughs> Where was I at? Oh, we going forward. Onward and upward. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but Paul said, I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. I'm pressing toward the things. I'm going forward because of time. Let's look at the last thing. Look at this. Verse. I'm going to give you four points today. Look at verse 21. Then Moses, he stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into a dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on a dry ground and, and the waters were a, a wall to them on their right hand and on their left hand. Now look at verse 29. But the children of Israel walked on dry land. The very thing that should have caused them to sink, they were walking on it. See, there were things that used to cause you to sink. Fear, anxiety, worry, unbelief, doubt. Now the very thing that used to cause you to sink, now you're walking on it. I wrote a book about five years ago called Get Out of the Boat. And one of the things I talk about in one of the chapters is, are you a dry boat talker 
are a wet water walker. And I believe when I look around this room, I'm looking at some wet water walkers. Some of you have dared to get out of the boat and to walk on water. And you thought you were going to sink, but look at how God has preserved you. You thought you were going to sink, but look at how you're walking on the very thing that should have caused you to sink. And then the thing that should have caused them to sink, God made them walls. And I'm here to tell you that God has created a hedge of protection around you. And now it's time for you to make up in your mind that God is fighting for me. It's time for you to leave here today declaring I'm going to hold to my peace, that I'm moving forward because I know at the end of the day that God is getting ready to do something supernatural in my life. If you receive that, somebody need to give God a kingdom praise in this place. High five your neighbor and say get ready for the supernatural. Get ready for the supernatural. I know things might be tight right now, but I dare you to get ready for the supernatural. You're going to be able to supernaturally walk on stuff that used to cause you to sink. Somebody need to give God a praise in this place. Hey! Come on and give him 30 second praise. Somebody scream, won't he do it? Come on and give God a hand praise one more time in this place. Hallelujah. Do I have anybody that know God is fighting for you? Do I have anybody in the building today that know that he's already gone before you? That he's already blazed a trail? That he's already getting ready to do something supernatural in your life? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I know they had to be like, oh my God, we haven't sunk yet. That's how you're going to be as God begins to bless you. Y'all haven't sunk yet. Come on, I've been pastoring for 11 years and two months and I haven't sunk yet. Lord, look at how you have kept me. Look at how you have preserved me. You've raised me up to be a water walker. Do I have any water walkers in the house today? Do I have anybody? Do I got any risk takers in the house? That regardless of what you're going through, you made up in your mind, I'm going forward. I will not die in my wilderness. I will not crash and burn in my wilderness. I will not suffocate in my wilderness. I will not flatline in my wilderness. Because I know my daddy, he's fighting for me. Wipe your tears. Moses crying. He said, go forward. Tell the children of Israel. Tell the children that kingdom to go forward. I know you've been through some hell. Some of y'all have gotten off to a rocky start in this year. But I tell you what, the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 2, he said, I'll be the author and the finisher of your faith. I dare you to stay locked into God. I dare you just to tell yourself, this too shall pass. And before you know it, God will give you twice. Is that what he did for Joel? Somebody scream twice. Get ready for twice. Get ready for double. Because I'm telling you, God will give you double for your trouble. If you receive that, put those hands together one more time. Somebody scream double. He will give you double for your trouble. 
Go ahead and bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the word today. Lord, we thank you that we've come to the conclusion.